Today on Karine and Kirsten Get to Work, we're talking about trusting your gut. Is it supernatural, ESP? Is it the biome in your belly? Or is it a sophisticated analysis process happening in your subconscious? Or is it your muffin talking to you? <laughs> Welcome to Karina and Kirsten Get to Work. I'm Karina Hoyer. And I'm Kirsten Barron. And we're so happy Woo-hoo! you are here to talk about trusting your gut. As you know, we both want more than anything else in this world, for women to have ease, meaning, and joy in their jobs. We do. That's why we've slaved, uh, sorry, that's why we've chained ourselves <laughs> to these microphones and <laughs> decided to record podcast after podcast just for you. And also because they're loads of fun. Oh my God, it's loads of fun. fun. It's it really is fun. And it's getting more and more fun as we go because... You can say it. You say we, it, Karina. <laughs> we're on the cusp of maybe having our first special guest on the episode and we can't tell you who but when i say special we mean special we mean special this is somebody who you will recognize and then you'll do a little backflip and then as we have you're gonna get stars in your eyes and you'll be like oh my god oh my god they are way cooler than i even thought they were before and by the way i've had like four people say to me i think you guys should start thinking about guests what does that mean? Because that's what are I we said. Boring? I was like, no, come on. <laughs> but hey, I'm gonna. You want a guest? We had a guest for you. We hope we haven't signed on the dotted line yet. Our uh, lawyer, that's Kirsten, it's me, has to do some work on that. No, we have to just have to make sure that all things are kosher. All before. things are kosher. Hey, though, there's other really great news, which is we had our first focus group this week with our listeners. It was so fun. Yeah. So, okay. I put out a call on Facebook just so, so you got to get, you got to follow us on Facebook and Instagram because this is where we communicate fairly regularly with our listeners. And I put a call out to the first six women uh, to respond who could join us via Zoom and talk about this very episode before we recorded it. And oh my gosh. And really planned it. Like we didn't plan it until after we talked to the listeners. Yeah, exactly. Because it really shaped what we're talking about. Yeah, so it was so great. Thank you so much to the seven women. We, we had seven seven women who joined us. And I'm sorry to the hundreds of you who tried to get in <laughs> and didn't have a chance. But the cool news is we're going to do it again. It was so yeah. rewarding. Mm-hmm. And by the way, the comments about the show were also very sweet. They were great. They lifted me up for... Mm-hmm. I'm still riding on cloud nine. Anyway, we have one coming up on Wednesday, September 30th at five o'clock. And so we're going to be talking about the diversity of ideas in the workplace. How is it that we manage a really different ideas yeah, about and, things? Yeah. Uh, political ideas and social ideas and religious ideas. And, and how- then just the ideas in the workplace, like how you get things done, what happens when we disagree. Yeah. What happens when our philosophies about things are different, our strategic directions are different? Just how do we manage all of our beautiful, fabulous rainbows of differences? Yeah, exactly. So if you are interested in helping shape that episode, if you've got good stories, that's what we want to hear. You can send us an email at yougettowork at gmail.com or keep an eye on our social media for information on how to make that happen. It's so fun. We guarantee it. Oh, it's really great. It's really great. Okay, so speaking of that focus group, And the conversations that we had, Mm -hmm. that was some pretty interesting exploration and and some vulnerable. We heard great. It was very interesting how quickly everybody was vulnerable and 
transparent, mm-hmm. which I just love. And maybe that's because, you know, they, we've, they've listened to us talk and mm-hmm. spill our you-know-what all over the place. And they're like, well, we can do that too because listen to what they've said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> was, we create a safe space for safe that kind of stuff. Safe space for all kinds. But of, it yeah. was just sweet. It was just very sweet to be trusted with stories. and so many Super of, thought-provoking. Yeah, many of which we're going to share today. But one of the things we had them do is – read an article and talk to us about their own experience in the with the content. But let's start before we get into that. Do you want to talk about really what do we mean when we well, say... Well, that's what I said in the intro. It's like, trust your gut. What is it? Is it ESP? And even when we were doing our reading about this, it was like emotional decision making, which I always, you know, people do, they do correlate gut instincts with women more so than men. I don't think it's exclusive by any means, but women are perceived to have better intuition, better emotional management, all that stuff. But what I found so interesting is people, I was referred to again and again when I was reading as emotional decision-making. And I really don't think that. I think that emotions certainly have a place in trusting your gut. I think your actual physical gut and your body has a huge place in trusting your gut. We heard that again and again in our focus group. But I also really believe that there is a process happening in your brain, a subconscious process that we are not aware of, where all of this information, how you feel physically, emotionally, all the information you have, all the things that you've learned, like are getting processed. Right. It's not an emotional decision-making. No. It's physiological mm-hmm. decision-making. All things together. Yeah. So it's not just cerebral. It's not just thinking through, you know, marching down the logic train. Do you march down a train? You, can you know where I'm going. Train. You can logic <laughs> yourself down the train. Don't roll your head at me. I'm rolling. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just as a little, I want to give you, I want to tell the listeners what that's about. Karina was talking about talking to somebody and then she said to me, yeah, and she just rolled her head at me. I could just hear her rolling her head at me. And I was like, uh, do you mean eyes? Yeah. She's like, I do. So now I just tell Karina, I want you to know I'm rolling my head at you. <laughs> it happens all the time. What was I talking about? We're talking about gut instinct. Were we marching down a train? We're marching down a logical train. Okay, so it's not that. It's the other stuff. It's all of these things that are happening in your body that tell your brain something feels right. It's all the other stuff, much of which, like you said, is happening on the subconscious level that we don't even recognize. I just want to pause for a moment and say, what an amazing gift that is, that you don't have to do, I mean, it's, you don't have to do that yourself. There are things you can do to cultivate it, to be aware of it, to encourage it, but it is there. It's there. For everybody. It is there. And in fact, our focus group of the lovely seven, you know, helped us understand that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now that we have a clear picture of what gut instinct is, we found an article that kind of articulates five different kinds of gut instinct that you shouldn't ignore. And in fact, we had our focus group people read that. Before we got together. Yeah, and talk to us kind of about which one of these resonated with them. So let's explore that first, and then we'll kind of dig into how to cultivate your own gut instinct. And spoiler alert, we're also going to talk to you when not to use your your gut gut instinct. Mm -hmm. Because there are those times too. Yeah. The first one is the something feels wrong in In my body. body. Yeah. That was interesting because we we heard something feels wrong in my body and also something feels right in my body. So one of our listeners said that she actually has this like tingling sensations in her hands. Yeah. Tingling or a fluttering sensation. Somebody else had a fluttering sensation that did not, was not nervousness to her. Yeah. But energetic. Yeah. 
Yeah. And the author of this article sort of goes on to say that, you know, your whole physiological, your whole body. Bo- body is telling you something. Like if you're that in tune to feel it, to know it, then listen to it, explore that feeling and harness it for sure. Somebody else said she, her sight was clearer. This was one of my very favorite things is that when she is clear about where she wants to go or what she wants to do, she says, she said, I have really bad vision, but when I'm clear about where I want to go, my vision gets better. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. So this idea that when something is right or wrong, mm-hmm. it, you can feel it in your body. Yeah. And in fact, the author of this article, you know, she says, or she quotes somebody else who wrote a book called Second Sight. The quote is, your body is a powerful, intuitive communicator. Intuition allows you to get the first warning signs when anything is off in your body so that you can address it. So if you have a gut feeling, if you feel this, pay attention to it, get it checked out. So I really did appreciate that. And I think a lot of people... um, It was very common in the focus group. Yeah. In fact, I, after listening to everybody, I realized I probably less than most people, I don't feel it in my body as much. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I I realized, oh, wow, people really feel their gut instinct in their bodies more than I do. But it was an interesting, it was interesting to hear everybody and how they do feel it. For me, it really manifests, like when there's something off, I feel it too, but it's very clearly like upset stomach. Oh, interesting. Like, uh, gut. Yeah, in fact, when, when, when stuff is really bad, stressful, whatever, I can't eat. And then, so we call it the trauma trim diet. Oh, that's so bad. Trauma trim. I've had the trauma trim diet. I didn't realize it, but I did. Yeah. COVID. Everyone's like, oh my God, COVID. And I was like, yeah, no, it's trauma trim for me right now. Cause I can't. Cause it just looks skinny, skinny. Cause my guts are all in or, you know, out of order. You know, the, (laughs) so we've heard a lot of of people that feeling manifesting itself. The thing we didn't hear was the next one. Yeah. I'm in danger. Yeah. You know, and I really have to say, I'm, I don't really want to spend a lot of time on this one. Well, I do. Just okay, <laughs> but it's like there is this reaction when you are in danger. Like I can remember when I was a younger professional working one of my first jobs. You know, I had a guy come behind me in my desk, uh-huh. and I knew that he was going to try and give me a back rub, <sighs> and I felt I felt that danger, 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 and I ended up just getting up from my desk. Right? Yeah. I should say this: the first time he did give me a back massage. And I was like, ooh, ooh, no, 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 no. And then the next time he tried to do it, that's when I got up and I walked out of my office. I kind of figured out my solution to it. But I did feel that in my body. Like, oh, this is bad. You felt the danger. Oh, this is bad. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, obviously we're focusing on work and there are dangerous situations in work. Even you might be in a dangerous field. You may be a firefighter and, you know, assess a situation at a snap second and, you know, the house falls down two minutes, two seconds before you decided to not go in. But I think the other thing is interesting just as far as gender goes, like the danger one is the only one my husband knows. That's so interesting. Like, and he assesses danger around every corner corner and I'm like blissfully <laughs> unaware 90% of the time because I'm like, no, my gut's going to tell me when something's right. Not, you know, right. that there's danger around every corner. But that is a good instinct. I'm in danger. Right? I'm in danger. Yeah. The other one is the one I really resonate with, which is I want to help. Mm-hmm. Like you see something, you're like, oh, I can do that. I can help. I can help. This is a good thing. I'm, I can figure this out for them. Mm-hmm. And it was, I loved it because there were two other 
folks who were in the focus group who had the same, that was their, that was one of theirs as well. Yeah. Is, and the article says, which I really love this quote about this particular kind of trusting your gut. Sympathy is one of humanity's most basic instincts, which is why evolution lavished so much attention on the parts of the brain that help us think about what other people are feeling. Uh I love that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that gut instinct that you don't even know is at play that allows you to read faces, mm-hmm. read pain, read, you know, read joy. To see when somebody's about to cry. Yeah. Like you can just, I can tell like, oh my gosh, I can see their eyes just changed a little bit red. Yeah. Yeah. But all that's happening, like a gazillion little things are happening in my brain. I don't actually really go through a process. Right. But when you realize mm-hmm. in your, when you're like, oh, you're going to naturally change the subject you know, when it looks like it's uncomfortable to someone because you're reading in on that, which in some ways is emotional. And I and I know that you said this isn't emotional decision-making, but at the same time, I think... We, it's a component. And it also equates to emotional intelligence. intelligence. Yeah. And so there is an EQ factor that sort of plays into <laughs> all of this as we're talking about it. It just makes me think, think about EQ. The one that is the, was the one that I resonate, right, uh, related to the most of the five was number four, the like, I know how to do this. Mm-hmm. And, but what the author talks about is how when we override oh, yeah. our gut instinct about an activity and then overthink it and then choke. Yeah. And I can remember doing that time and time and time and time again, especially as a young girl, uh, mostly around physical things. Like I know how to bowl a strike in the bowling alley. I know- You do. I've bowled with you. <laughs> and you- no. I was really shocked. I was like, oh my God, this girl can bowl. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> but I remember standing up there at the line going like overthinking it and then like gutter balling it or at the, you know, swinging a bat to hit a softball or whatever. And it's like, so that gut, like the ability to trust that you got this, I got this, I'm in the flow. I've done this I've enough. done this a million times. I've done this a million do times. I don't have to overthink it. Yeah, yeah. That one was interesting to me. And I think along these lines, the author says, you know, Rational thought serves beginners. Oh, so I like, love that. You know, yeah, dig in and think something through. But once you get to a point, once you've developed expertise in a particular area or sort of you've made the requisite mistakes so that you've learned, start trusting your gut more. And stop overthinking. And stop overthinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the last one I think is where I think everybody in the focus group and certainly you and I think both of us have this, mm-hmm. which is this, this is it. Mm-hmm. And one of the focus group participants, women, said hers was, this isn't it. Yeah, which was interesting, which, too. It's like a compass. Like, she's like, turn towards a place, and it's like, oh, it's not it. Pivot. And then I think that's a, that's kind of a, this is it or a, this isn't it. Yeah. Right? This conclusion. I will tell you, for everybody listening, one of the focus group participants was my daughter, uh-huh. Hayden, who's 24 almost 25. Yep. And she told a great story about her dad had just died a couple of weeks before, and she tore her ACL for the second time at the very end of her soccer season. And she says she walked off the field and within 20 minutes, she knew that she was going to take a gap year. She didn't have a plan. She didn't know what she was going to do, but she just needed time off to get herself together. Yeah. And she is a thinker. She's like me. She rational. She's rational, you know. And she just said, "It's one of the. It's the time in my life that I knew this was absolutely the right thing to do for me." Yeah. And what I loved about her story was 
besides the fact that I'm insanely biased because she's my daughter, <laughs> she said, I went and I talked to my family and my friends yeah. and checked. Yeah. So just because you have a gut feeling, that doesn't mean that you don't explore it. It yeah. doesn't mean like, oh, this is it. I have to do it. I just have to, you know, you can take a few minutes to say, you can take however long you want to think about, okay, this is my gut, but what do people that I respect, love, and who care and respect for me think? Yeah. But again, over that element of overthinking mm-hmm. is- Undermines your gut. It's sometimes problematic. Mm-hmm. I would say the other the other theme, one of the other theme, themes that we heard was this like- overriding your gut instinct in favor of this desire to please. Right. There's things that get in the way of trusting your gut. Yeah. Absolutely. So we, we heard a story about somebody who wanted to, who knew in their knew in her gut that this dog shouldn't be left in the backyard with her other dog, but she wanted the other dog owner to feel welcome, to sort of, you know, she didn't want to ruffle any feathers. And next thing you know, Gut instinct oh, yeah. was right. Gut instinct was right. The one dog, the guest dog, bites the home dog. The guest she knew dog it. Bites. She knew it yeah. the second she saw that dog. It's fascinating that she it? shouldn't have let it in there, you know. But she, her desire to please, and I also think that's a very feminine thing. Oh right? yes, right. Like, oh my gut's telling me this thing, but I'm just going to go ahead and make this better for somebody else. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That gets in the way of you trusting your gut. Yeah. So why should we trust our gut? Okay, so here is the fundamental reason. And this is totally just me spouting off whatever I think is, you know. I think trusting your gut is about trusting yourself. And there is nobody on this planet that you need to trust more than yourself. Mm -hmm. So it is fundamentally about building trust in yourself. Right. That's why, because when you trust yourself, you trust the decisions you make, you make good decisions, and you get what the, you get those things you want. Right. But you have to know what you want. Yeah. So you have to simultaneously know how to trust your gut, but you also have to do it within the sort of parameters of what you believe to be true mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. And we heard one participant who kind of made some career choices to climb the corporate ladder and I'm going to assume it was because she she figured she was going to get what she That's wanted what out spo- of that. we're supposed to do, right? Right. And she, she was going to get what she wanted out of that. And in fact, you know, several years into this. At a w- really high position. Yes. An opportunity arose to go back. To, to a job she'd had 10 years before. Yeah. Less prestige, less money, less time, less commitment. And it took, what, two seconds for her to go, That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. I know it. Mm-hmm. Now I know it. And I think that's the other thing is her gut probably told her, or maybe her rational mind told her, I got to take this big pay, high paying job. And her gut finally kicked in and said, yeah, this other one is actually better for you. But I do love what you said, Kirsten, about that trusting yourself. Mm-hmm. I actually had a client t- say to me recently, I don't trust myself. Ooh, that's and, hard. And I don't even know, I don't know what to do with that because it's almost a do heartbreaker. You know what's interesting? It is a heartbreaker. But- you know, it's the way we trust other people. You make commitments. I mean, people make commitments to you. And if they if they satisfy those commitments, if they're true to their commitments, then you trust them. And I think that's a lot of what it is internally for, for us with ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. That we need to make commitments to ourselves and follow through with those commitments that we make to ourselves, mm-hmm. whatever those are. In order to build that trust in even order within to build yourself. Trust with yourself. I don't think it's any different, frankly. Yeah, that's might be my favorite thing you've said 
Oh, really? Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you, Karina. Yeah, just want to mark that one down, <laughs> make note of it. Because I, I think it's true. Yeah, I do too. I do. And I think too, when you trust yourself and you've got your gut, I mean, I loved the things that people said in our focus group about how they felt when they trust their gut. Overwhelming sense of peace, even in the face of really bad information. Yeah. Can we talk about that? That, was, a, that was such a great story. The um, one woman said to us, she had a child who wasn't developing, I think he was four or five, wasn't developing at the same rate that his peers were, and kind of started, he got evaluated, and she had the meeting with the principal and realized- At school. At school, and realized that her son had a muscular disease. And her immediate response was, you're right. Before the- I think it was that the principal said, I think he might have this muscular disease. And she said, I saw a picture in my head of him in a wheelchair. And I knew, even before he had the medical test, that the principal, that whoever it was at the school, was right. Was right. And to counter that, her husband tried to rationalize it. So they had this five or six week period where she knew. And he was being tested. They hadn't had the diagnosis. There was no clinical diagnosis, but she knew. And her husband was rallying against it. Like, what about this? What about that? We don't know until we know. And she's like, no, I totally know. And because of that, she had overwhelming peace. Yeah. She was able to just release, like she could manage that information. She could accept. Yeah. It's almost like trusting her gut combined with radical acceptance. That is one of the best examples I've ever heard in my life. And I might even cry. My God, it was amazing. Trusting your gut with just radical acceptance. Like, and I don't, she didn't say this, but I felt when she was talking, like she knew she could handle it. Yeah. I can figure it out. Yeah. And oh my God, I mean, we heard about death and cancer. Mm -hmm. And I mean, this was just very, like, again, ladies, those of you who joined us, thank you so much. So let's talk about work because that's what we do. And when gut works and doesn't work. So I have to say, all of these things we're talking about with your gut instinct really work at work. There's so many things that work at work. Deciding where you want to be, where you want to work, what office you like, you know, what's the next step in your career. Most of what we heard had something to do, I would say 75% of what we heard had something to do with somebody's educational, professional career, 25% personal. But there are, and I think what we're really talking about, Karina, is when you don't want to use your gut at work. Yeah, because you do want you want to use your gut when it has to do with you. What you know about yourself, where you like you said, where That's you want to work, to put it. what you want to do, what you need. Trust your gut. Don't overthink it. Yes. You if you think you need it or you want it, that's you. Go for it. We read though that you shouldn't trust your gut at work when you're making judgments about others. Mm-hmm. I think that's really the crux of it. It really is. A hiring decision, a promotion decision, those kinds of decisions. Now, Karina, you can tell us why we shouldn't trust our gut. Wasn't that the Observer article? Here's why your gut instinct is wrong at work. Yeah, yeah. decision making. Mm-hmm. Well, because it's just in all situations where you're trying to assess other people again and decide who to hire, who to promote, who you want on your team you know, who's good and bad, which unfortunately we have to make those kinds of judgment calls at work. Is that true? Good and bad? Yeah. I would phrase it differently probably. Yeah. As I said it, I felt a little weird about it. I take it, I want to take it back, but I don't want to cut it out because you know what? I want our listeners to know I'm not perfect. (laughs) This is your first evidence of that too. Make a note. Okay, so here, the article says that with <laughs> bad gut instincts come all possible, but 
biases. Yeah. So you stereotype people or selective perception. And, you know, frankly, if you rely on your gut, for instance, to, t- to decide who's the most qualified for a job, well, we've cited those resume studies about a million times. For everything. You're for moms, choose somebody, for people of yeah. color, for women. So when you do trust kind of your gut, you pick up on these little bits of information that really feed into your biases. Yeah. So you pick people like you. And just to be clear, yeah, exactly. People you're comfortable with because they're more like you. Right. Because your gut is telling you that's good, but in a work situation. It perpetuates actually discrimination, exactly. frankly. And here's the thing too. I mean, I find this in myself. I check myself and I have really yet to meet anybody in the world who is without bias. Yeah. We all have it. Well, and you know, honestly, when I'm assessing danger and I'm making that immediate gut instinct about a person who's walking towards me on the sidewalk and I choose to cross the street because I want to, you know, sort of avoid quote unquote danger, that's probably rooted in bias too. But the harm is that I had to walk across the street. I think what, what we're reading about though is when you're using that gut instinct to make decisions about people's lives and livelihoods, you might want to lean on some rational thought there too. It's a bigger, I mean, I do think that there's an impact, Karina, when you cross the street in front of people. I do. I think there's an impact to people that you cross the street for. But I get, I mean, I, I understand that. Like I have been in downtown or our downtown when somebody is having a m- mental crisis and I'm like, ah, I'm going to walk in their side sidewalk. Yeah. And I'm conscious that kind of, maybe they're aware that I've moved away from them. Maybe that is hurtful. I'm aware of that. But when you're at work and making a job decision about who gets paid more or who gets some opportunity, it's a much more consequential decision. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for that clarification. Did I clarify you? I don't know. I feel like you did. I feel like you're you're my crutch in general. <laughs> so let's just assume you did. Which is such a lie. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. So here's the other thing. Big dis- Okay. And then counter to the- that, though, we also read that big decisions and gut instinct, like mm-hmm. making big decisions, mm-hmm. maybe it's just like for about yourself, per- for yourself personally, you should rely on gut. Uh-huh. And that, that I thought that was fascinating. Right. You know, so let's think about this. If you're deciding what career you want to mm-hmm. take. If you're deciding what place you want to work with, which incidentally I have a client who decides whether she wants to work with a place, she's a consultant, if she wants to work with a place or not, it's just how it feels when she walks into the office. Like you go, sister, if you're that attuned, when I have to it. When I'm working with clients who have to make big decisions about jobs, whether they stay or go or accept a settlement or do whatever it is that we're doing, I will say to them, I want you to go to sleep. And in the morning when you wake up, I want you to, I want you to, before you go to bed, put a piece of paper by your bed with a question. And in the morning, I want you to do the first thing you do when you wake up is I want you to answer the question. Mm -hmm. Tell me what you want to do. And as soon as you figure it out, I want you to email me or call me and tell me what it is you figured out. Assuming you sleep late, then you can call me. I don't want you to call me early. You know, I'm not an early bird. Anyway, so those kinds of things, I'm just like, first thing in the morning, what is it? Yeah, big decisions. decisions. So we read about this study sort of that supports the wisdom of this kind of decision-making in the at the University of Amsterdam, they simulated the experience of buying a car. Yeah, I love this study. And they sort of distracted people and then made them make a snap decision. And those people were what, like sixty percent of them were happy. Sixty percent of the time, they were happy with their They're decision. Happy, yeah. Mm-hmm. In stark contrast to the people who were given all of the information and enough time to process it, like any information they wanted overloaded them with information and had them assess 
from a million different directions, they were only pleased with their decision less than 25% of the it time. It was worse than the random people, the people that were just had given a car with like no choice. Yeah. They were actually less <laughs> satisfied with people who didn't get to make a choice. Can you believe that? Yes, I can. Yeah. Don't so overthink the, it. So the pros and cons list, don't do that for the big decisions. Just go for it. Just go for it. Okay. And speaking of big decisions, I feel like one of the decisions I made was to not stop talking and let that stellar J quiet down. I hope our listeners can hear that. These are the joys of recording in the barn, in the ping pong barn. Yeah, which as another side note, we got our, we had some photographs taken and uh, you can actually see this heinous. See our lovely barn. You can see the barn. Our recording studio. What? A recording <laughs> studio? Okay, let's get back to the gut. Stellar J and all. So what is it that you can do to cultivate and hone your gut instinct? Yeah. So a long time ago, I started making decisions with my gut intentionally. And I started with really low level decisions. Like when I went to a restaurant, you know, I would be, you know, just agonizing over how much fat, how many carbohydrates, how big, are there enough vegetables? What have I eaten today? How much salt? I would just agonize over it. And I was like, it was more of a solution to my agony over what to eat. I was like, ah, I'm just going to pick something. And I did. I would look at the menu and I would then say, pick what I wanted. And then after I picked what I wanted and I ate it, I would think, how did that work? Mm -hmm. How did that work? And by the way, it got better and better and better over time. So what you just said was low risk. Low risk. Situations. Start practicing. Start practicing. Start practicing. Trusting your gut. Yes. I love that. I love that practical um, idea too. You are practical and I love you for it. So what about you? I mean, how did you come into trusting your gut? Because you do really trust your gut. You're so sweet to me. As a leader, I don't know. Wait, I do know. I remember <laughs> I remember having to make big decisions and relying on, other, like knowing in my heart what I wanted to do, but relying on the input of my advisors and staff, et cetera, and, you know, have, and not going with my gut. And so I think I observed what happened when I didn't go with my gut often enough to start getting practiced at going for it. So good news, you were aware enough of your gut to know that it was there, Yeah, what you thought should happen, yeah. and aware that oh, I didn't trust my gut and this is what happened. Yeah, so I think mm-hmm. I allowed myself to be convinced of things that I knew probably weren't, you know, like I, mm-hmm. I deferred. I gave that kind of power to other people and then I observed the consequences and I realized, you know what? I actually had a better instinct on this than they did time and time again. So, you know, for me, it was it was a process of an it was experimentation. Yeah, but and, and it was freq- frequently about big decisions. So mm-hmm. it was sort of different than the, and, and it was trial by fire. I mean, this was at work in an executive position. So it was different than the small baby steps for sure. So I guess my, my tip is put yourself in high risk situations and then see how it goes. Which is exactly the opposite of me as usual. <laughs> As usual. The other one on this list is, uh, which I think is hilarious. So Kirsten wrote, capture ya- your aha uh-huh. flashes. Oh, I love it. <laughs> she wrote, aha, capital A, capital H, capital A. Uh-huh. And I was like, what's an AHA flash? I don't even know what that is. So anyway, <laughs> capture your aha flashes. Flashes. Right. Capture your aha flashes. So I spent some time really thinking about what it is that we can do to cultivate our gut instinct. And this is one of them. Really be aware when you feel your aha moments. And this is what we, I think we say this every show. And I'm so sorry to do this, but it is true. And I want to try and speak the truth. You really have to stop and listen 
and check in. Yeah. Like be in the moment. You cannot go a million miles a minute and get your gut instinct very often anyway. So checking in with your with your whole body, mm-hmm. with all of your senses. Like I've been able to smell weird things sometimes when I check in. Like I can smell something weird. I'm like, oh, it smells like ozone or oh, it smells like coffee. Hmm. Weird. Just check in with all of your senses and your entire body. Stop. Another thing people talked about in our focus group was kind of energy. Yeah. What are your energy levels? Yeah. Are you feeling bored? Are you yawning? Are you excited? Do you feel engaged? That probably for me is big. That's when I know I'm in touch with my gut when I'm super engaged. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Or you know somebody's draining your energy and you're yawning. Like you can, yeah, you can practice trusting your gut when your physical self starts to manifest some of these things. I think another one is also just like, it's kind of back to what you said about the restaurant, practicing and tracking results. Mm -hmm. So like, just like, just allow yourself to to do it and then reflect on it. Mm -hmm. Try it. Yeah. Just try it. It's like muscle building. Yep. That paying attention to your first thought, which is kind of what I tell my clients is, you know, answer this question first thing in the morning. And of course, as we also said, you know, but watch out for bias in that. Yeah. Trust your first thought, but watch out for bias if you're in that kind of a situation. Yep. 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 What else do you have, Kirsten? But I feel like you're more practiced at this. I feel like I'm kind of a blunt instrument when it comes to gut instinct. No, because you just have it. My friend Jody, which I love, she will ask the universe a question. Mm. And then she will sit and wait for the answer. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is her gut instinct. And she would probably agree with me. Ask the question. What do you want to know? Get still. Give yourself three minutes. See what comes to you. I think that's a really good way to check in with your gut. One of the things I came upon, and you probably will get this, when I was doing my research and reading, which I had not thought about before, was connecting with nature. Yeah, Yes, connecting with nature, which was a really, which was something that really encouraged the gut instinct or fostered the gut instinct. Yeah, and I also do this, which is repetitive behavior. Oh yeah, particularly physical. Uh huh. Like rowing or running or walking or weightlifting, uh-huh. things that are over and over. And if you're not that kind of a person, you know, knitting, you know, something like that. Things yeah. that you do, raking. Yeah. The yard, whatever. But that repetitive behavior really frees your brain to do its work. And I don't mean to think. I mean to just do the background processing. Yeah. To tune in. And I would say that was the, that's the one thing that I can tell you I, I do pretty regularly. Is the time with trees. It's time with trees. Yeah. It's get out of my head. And so my only, you know, how to exercise this muscle of trusting your gut, it's to turn off the rational thought. Mm -hmm. It's like to make your brain stop thinking about Mm it. And the way I can do that is to get outside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just let that process happen in the back. Because here's the deal. Like, this is magic. Really, it is. I mean, it is a magical thing. And we all have this. And what it gets us if we can really cultivate it and use it, is more ease, meaning, and joy. It gets us more what we want. It gets us more what we want. Yeah, it's just delicious. It is, exactly. And, you know, as we're moving through some very difficult times as, as a world right now, mm-hmm. kind of trusting your God about what you need. Yeah. Trust your That's God a about, really good point. Yeah, about what you need. Mm-hmm. And it starts with you. It's, That's the great thing about the gut. You control it. Like you get to decide if you're going to listen and cultivate or not. Yeah. 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 So yay. Okay. That was, I'm good. Hey, by the way. I'm, my gut's telling me we're done. And I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening, people. Thanks. We look forward to having some of you on the 30th. Yes. Thanks for working. Bye. 
Krina and Kirsten Get to Work is recorded and produced by yours truly, Krina Hoyer and Kirsten Barron. Find all of our episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, on our website, or email us at yougettowork at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. listening. <laughs>